welcome to the Odds Checker Aintree Preview Podcast. Here we're going to go through five of the biggest races of the week and uh, I'm joined by Harry Phillips from Betfair Racing to my right. Hi guys. And the man you've all tuned in to watch or listen to, Andy Holding, Odds Checker's tipster, a man who's in great form, who uh, if, if like me you ignored his advice at Cheltenham, you paid for it, but he's here to give us his wisdom uh, for Aintree. How are you doing Andy? Hi George, yeah, good to be here. Good. So we're going to get straight into it, a lot to cover. We're going to try and get through five of the biggest races in this podcast. There will be a separate podcast for the Grand National um, as well, so look out for that one. But we're going for the Big Bucks Manifesto Novice Chase to start with. Uh, we've got Brainpower 4-1, um, joint favourite with Surname and Putty Mouchoir. Uh, Finian's Oscar 9-2, Ren's Girl 7-1, standout, that's with Betfair. Terrafort 7-1, Bo- Modus 15-2. How's this one shaping up, Andy? Um, well, of course, like a lot of the races at the uh, Aintree Festival, the ground is going to play uh, an important role. Uh, currently, it's soft, good to soft in places. They had rain there today. A good friend of mine lives around about two, three miles away from the track, and he said it stopped raining about 11 o'clock. It's going to be dry for the next two days, so we should go back to what it was yesterday, really. Um, so it should be a reasonably decent surface, certainly better than what it was at Cheltenham. Uh, the key runners of this race, in, in many respects, is, is Petit Mouchoir, uh, if he goes here. Um, I thought he ran a really... Um, Herculean race in the Arkle considering he was taken on by St Calvados, the two of them were basically headbutting each other from a long way out and he was the, one of the uh, chief uh, sufferers of that duel uh, but I thought he kept on uh, pretty willingly to finish a respectable third uh, behind one of the best winners of the whole week in my estimation, on the clock anyway, footpad um, I thought Brainpower was slightly flattered by his second because basically he was ridden off the speed he didn't get into the teeth of the race like Petit Mouchoir did. So I, I think Petit Mouchoir out of the two is the more reliable. Um, but this, this race is quite a trappy one because then you've got Surname and Terrafort thrown into the mix. And I think these two are the, the two most genuine two-and-a-half-mile horses in the field. Um, they clashed in the Henry VIII, um, sorry, the Silly Isles at Sandown early on in the season. And what a race they served up. They went hell for leather all the way through the contest. There was only a neck between them uh, at the line. Uh, of course, Terrafort uh, just coming out on top. But I think both of these two horses are proven on soft ground, proven on flat tracks. They both go good gallop. And I thought Terrafort um, did the form of that Sandown race no harm with an excellent run in the JLT behind Shattered Love at the Shelton Festival. Of course, Shattered Love um, frank the form with a good run at Fairy House last time out. Got beat by Album Photo, but I thought she covered herself with glory. And Terrafort's going to have his ground. It's going to be soft ground. He jumps well. And I think if he wouldn't have been pestered for the early lead by Big Martra, Harry Whittingham's horse, and had an uncontested lead at Cheltenham, I think he would have probably won. But he definitely got softened up. But hopefully, if Petit Mouchoir doesn't run here, he should get a, a, a solo up front. And I'd, I'd be quite keen on Terrafort at the prices. I think he's around about 6-1, to one, isn't he? Uh, Terrafort, yeah, 7-1 best price out there. Interesting, you've managed to blame uh, Harry Whittington's two horses from Cheltenham for, for, the, for, for the poor running. Obviously the guest on last time's podcast, I'm glad we didn't get him back here again or it could have been an awkward start. Um, Harry, looking at the way Betfair priced this up, it's interesting to see that Finian's Oscar has been priced up 11-4 joint favourite with brain power, despite being um, you know, a bigger price kind of across the board there. Uh, can we see a return to form for, for Finian's Oscar? Uh, I personally can't see a return to form for Finian's Oscar. Um, I think at this stage, look, it's just about trying to find something that's actually going to run in this race. Um, pre-final declarations. I suspect with Footpad out, Brainpower and Petit Mouchoir will probably go for the race on the Saturday, or I would expect at least one of them to go for the race on the Saturday. 
And either way, you know, um, a step up in Triac isn't necessarily the thing that either of those two need. Um, one that I think is a confirmed runner, um, who I know that Paul is, is pretty keen on, is um, Suriname, um, who's a 72 shot with on the Betfair Sportsbook at the moment. Um, I think he's a very likely or intended runner. Um, the form with Terrafort at Sandown is particularly strong, um, and it's worth mentioning Terrafort as well. Um, I don't know if he's going to turn up in this um, at 13-2. to two, If I knew he was going to turn up, I'd be having a very substantial each-way bet on him. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if he's going to turn up. So I think at this stage, if um, I had to have a bet, it would probably be Suriname, um, you know, with the, with the view that Brainpower and Petty Mouchoir could defect to the uh, Saturday race. People listening and watching, they should know that Harry has been at Paul Nichols' yard fairly recently, and, and Gordon Elliott's as well. So maybe when he's talking about Paul and who Paul fancies, it's worth making a note there. Andy, can you see the, the, the reason behind the, the positive vibes around surname? Absolutely, yeah, because I mean, I'm a fully paid up member of that form at um, Sandown, the Silly Isles. It comes out really well on my speed figures, and that's one of the reasons why I put up Terra 4. Uh, for the JRT on Lodge Chica, um at the festival a few weeks ago. And, and to be fair, I don't think he did anything wrong. But like I say, he definitely got um, softened up by Big March. The two of them, you know, cut each of the throats. So I thought he did really well to hang tough and stay in, in the piece as long as he did. And as Harry said, there's, there's a good chance now that Footpad doesn't run in that two mile and doesn't turn up at Aintree, that connections off Petit Mouche will go down the two mile route. He'll be out the way. He's a big danger. But he's also the other big front runner. So that means that Terrafort, hopefully this time, Pavon's surname doesn't go half a leather with him as well, that he'd probably get a little bit more luxury of a, of a, a solo up front, and I think that will help him get home. There has been talk about him stepping up in trip, but I just, don't, I just never understand that. When, you, when you've got a horse who's got top-class form over two and a half miles, why do you need to up them to three, mile, three miles? It just doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, he's, he's run two very, very strong races in grade ones over two and a half miles, so if it's not broke, don't, don't fix it kind of thing. So I'd be very keen on Terry for what the price is because what, what have we got looking at now? Six, seven to one? Seven, seven to one best out there, yeah. yeah. One say he's almost certain to run, but I can't understand how he's a bigger price than Finian's Oscar. I've watched that race a million times and Finian's Oscar didn't really improve upon anything that he's shown previously over fences. He's probably got, what, the thick end of 10, 15 lengths to find. And he was the one who was the beneficiary of not getting involved in any scrimmaging for the, for, for the front-running role. So it makes no odds to me why Finney's Oscar's almost half the price. I don't quite get it myself. We'll, we'll get Harry to ask the lads in the trading room when he gets back to the office. Uh, <laughs> well, I just can't answer that. 11 to 4, I mean, yeah, must it's, be it's, looking at a different yeah. horse than I am. Well, those, those who've heard me talk about racing before know that what I don't know about racing, I do know about each way gritty, gritty bets indeed. And I have a feeling this one, when it does cut up, could go that way as well. You're still getting three places at the moment and when those come out. So if you can see one at the top of the market who might run, um, I will be doing my research this evening. Um, on to the bowl now, and there's a odds-on favourite in Mike Bite, who is four to six best out there, standout. Uh, Bristol Demise, six to one, definitely red, eight to one. Double Shuffle 12 to 1, T for 216s, Clanders Ovo 20s, Sub Lieutenant 33s, and Sizing Cadelco 100 to 1. On the face of it, this looks like um, another procession for Mike Bite. Is that maybe more because of the field as opposed to the commanding performance that we maybe didn't see uh, at Cheltenham? A little bit of both, um, but it all depends which side of the fence you sit on with Mike Bite. If you were the, of the belief going into the festival that he was the good thing that a lot of people thought, i.e. King George winner and arguably the, ne the next coming, 
then you would have been slightly disappointed with him not going by Native River. But looking at the nuts and bolts and the time figures and everything about this year's Gold Cup suggests it was probably one of the most stellar renewals of the last 10 to 15 years based on pure numbers. Um, basically, good horses never, ever got a sniff in this race. Our jeep was flat to the boards down the back. There were so many other good horses, quality grade one horses, literally could not keep up with the speed that these two were going. And obviously, you know, I keep time figures and sectionals as well, particularly. The last circuit, unbelievably, was run three and a half seconds quicker than the Grand Annual, off the back of already a very fast first mile. So we're talking about a horse in the shape of Native River, as he proved when he kept up with Altior's circuit time as well at Newbury. This horse can go two-mile championship pace and maintain it for three and three and a quarter miles. So really, Mike Bart has done absolutely nothing wrong. And that's the reason why he didn't go by. Basically, Native River sucked the life out of him. Um, but on this three-mile flatter track, i.e. Kempton the opposite way around, he should really have the measure of this lot. There's nothing in this field that's got the speed of Native River, other than perhaps Bristol to my, but... Is he as reliable as Native River? The answer is probably no. Uh, I'd certainly give Bristol de May a shout because he's had a wind operation in the, in the interim. And we know, given soft ground on a flat track, he's, he's pretty useful, um, as he's shown so many times at Haydock. Um, if there is to be a fly in the ointment at a bigger price, a horse that comes here a little bit under the radar, having had a fairly quiet season, almost geared up for a spring campaign... I think Harry might have a word with him as well on Clander Zoba. I'm a big fan of this horse. I, I think he's a horse waiting to happen. I still don't think he's the finished article yet. Uh, I thought he ran an amazing race at Cheltenham under top weight when he was second to Guitar Pete in that two-and-a-half-mile handicap. He's got some really good form early on in the season um, uh, on soft ground over two-and-a-half. He toyed with vintage clouds at Haydock um, pre-Christmas. And if he... If he comes here on his A game, there's a chance that he might pick up some pieces. There have been some real shocks in this race over the years. You know, the likes of um, first lieutenant, uh, follow the plan, what it at 50 to 1, Nakarat. Paul Nichols has got a very good record in this race. Silviana Cocontes won it so many times. What a friend won it. You know, he's, he's obviously clearly had this race in mind for a long time with Clanders Oboe. I think if you take the favourite out of the equation, which a lot of punters will be prepared to do at 8 to 13. You might get sort of six, seven to one without the favourite Clander Zobo, and he'd strike me as a good bet in that market. So Betfair ambassador Paul Nichols, Betfair racing man Harry Phillips next to me. Can you can you shed some light on the Clander Zobo? Yeah, so um, he's actually one of the one of the two that I quite like for this against the favourite as well. Um, he had a bit of a hold up of, that meant that he missed the Cheltenham Festival. Um, and I think talking to Paul this morning, I, I think they think he'll, he'll run well, but you know he might be short of of a gallop, and you know I think they'll just be pleased to see him run a run a good race. I think of all the horses in this, this is 100% the horse for for next season, if not at Aintree. Um, you know, however he performs here, I really think he could go on to be uh, a real top performer. You know, potentially a King George or even a Gold Cup horse in time, and there'd be some big prices uh, for both those races. Anti post at this stage of that shit bag. Um, I guess, look, I, I think this race revolves around Mike Bite, so um, we're four to six top price on him at the moment. I think the bottom line is if he turns up in the same form and runs to the same level he ran in the Cheltenham Gold Cup, um, you know, he, he should win this quite easily. Um, however, I would not be backing him at that price personally. Um, it's, the dead, it's a dead eight ra race in terms of runners, um, so it's a good each way frame. Um, I just think that race could have taken a huge amount out of Mike Bite, and I would not be surprised if he never ran to that level again, um, personally. Um, you know, I 
could be wrong, I'm often wrong, um, <laughs> and we will find out in due course. Um, but look, I guess if I was looking to oppose him, um, I would probably go for Double Shuffle, who finished, I think, a half-length second to him in the King George. Um, story with him, um, he's an 11-1 to one shot in the Betfair Sportsbook. He was well-backed, anti-post. He's been the only one that we've really seen any money for, backed him from 16-1. to one. Um, You know, he doesn't have a huge amount to find if he replicated that King George form. He comes here fresh. We know he likes a flat track um, based on that King George run. And, you know, um, with the kind of dead eight runners, he, he's a nice sort of each-way price. Um, equally, the other one would be Clan Desabot. Um, You know, I may throw a few quid at him each way. Uh, and, I mean, look, both of these are just kind of speculative um, bets, really, because, as I said, look, if Mike Bite does turn up in that and run to that same level, then I do think he'll win. But um, I couldn't back him at the price. So the two horses that seem to be getting the most attention here, Mike Bite and Clan Desabot, both stand out best price on the odds checker grids with Betfair. Uh, might buy at four to six and Candesovo at twenty-two to one. Harry mentioned the King George, where Candesovo is thirty-three to one best price at the moment, and currently no prices for the Gold Cup. So if you do fancy that, make sure you get in touch with your bookie and get it priced up, and we can see him there soon at what would surely be a very big price indeed. Eight runners there at the moment, so again you're getting three places um, currently. Um, so with an odds-on favourite, you may not be a bookie's friend if you do look for those each-way bets, but a few to be had. Um, and interesting to hear from Andy as well about you know that Mike Bite's performance at Cheltenham may have been better than it looked uh, given the, the, the times and the sectionals that the eventual winner uh, put in. Now, on to the uh, third race we're going to cover on the first day, Thursday, um, and the Aintree Hurdle. Uh, we've got Super Sunday. The favourite is best price for Betfair Sportsbook at 6-5. to five. The new one, 9-2. to two. I mean, I can't believe the each way terms of getting on these uh, races unbelievable um my tent or yours a, a horse that we discussed for, for the Cheltenham podcast in those terms is six to one Lamy Surge seven to <laughs> one and 25 to one bar um this looks an interesting race Andy, mm. and you were very very keen indeed on my tent or yours uh before Cheltenham obviously didn't run um are we following the same line here or, or was the Cheltenham form quite a big uh, big sway in that selection yeah, it took me a couple of days to recover um, when I found out the news that my tentacles as a non-runner for the championhood. I got anti-post for prices and each way doubles are plenty in my draw and they're still in the draw. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just waiting for the news that he actually was a runner in the end. Um, still running. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he's an admirable type, isn't he, um, my tentacles? He's just been such an unlucky horse in the sense that he's bumped into a vintage of superstars over the years, your Fahins, your Bovadares, you know, you take those out of the way and he would have won probably two or three champion hurdles. He's just, he is a class act. The one thing we don't know about him for certain um, is whether he, he gets two and a half miles on genuine soft ground, which it's likely to be. Yes, he got, he got it well enough last year when he was second to Bovadare, albeit he was beaten five lengths on merit. Um, and that's a $64,000 question. We know he'll travel... Um, I, think he, I think he was running up to Annie Powers, wasn't he, a few years back as well yeah. in the same race. So he will travel up, he, he'll look the winner or most likely winner turning for home and it's just whether he's up against the strongest hour on the day. Uh, the chances are that he probably might just find one too good over this trip on the ground and the most likely one of those according to the betting and current form anyway is Super Sunday who was second in the stairs hurdle. I, I had my worries going into the festival that he'd stay three miles but because it was such a slowly run event courtesy of Sam Spinner's dawdle, um, <laughs> that it enabled the stronger, or the quickeners, the two-mile, two-and-a-half-mile horses, such as Super Sunday, and the winner, Penhill, of course, who was a flat horse, 
to uh, dominate that race in the closing stages. Um, he showed obviously bright speed to beat Fahin, uh, a below par Fahin prior to that at Leopardstown, again over two miles. So he has got the, the pace, but he's also got stamina. We know he stays two and a half. Uh, he was run up to Yanworth here in the novice event, uh, or one of the events last year. Uh, so he's got Aintree form. He's had a relatively light campaign, only four runs, so he doesn't come here having had an absolute slog at Charlton because, like I say, they didn't go a particularly strong gallop. It was only like a dash from the top of the hill. So it's very hard to make a strong case against Super Sunday other than the price. I think the new one, the new one is obviously commendable, admirable, call him all those kind of names, but he's, just, he's getting on a bit now and whether he's quite the force he was is open to question. There's a, there's a question mark over the trip with regards to my tent to yours. So... At the prices, and he's jocked up, even though Henderson's got two runners and there's a potential of Lammy Surge running in the, the three-mile race on Saturday. But I do think Lammy Surge is a big player here. I, I, I put him up as a, a live outsider in the stairs. But once again, he was another one of those horses that didn't benefit from a strong run race. My sort of thought process was they go a real mad gallery. He'll come there on the bridle and it, he'll you know, yeah. stay on well. But he was at the back of the field and it was a dash down to the last. And even though he made the ground up and looked dangerous at the last... The quickeners just then left, left him in, in the latter stages. But I do think this flat track over two and a half miles could really play into his strengths. Um, I wouldn't rule him out. I think he's, he's been priced up on a poor run at Cheltenham when the, the reality was he didn't run badly. It was just the circumstances of the race. Uh, other than that, I think he's had a really good year. He finished second to Sam Spinner in a very top-class grade one at, at, at Ascot. Um, he's almost the forgotten horse of the race here, Lammy Surge. And you, you know I like McGritty each way, like you do, George. And what was it, 7 to 1? 7 to 1 with Betfair. I'd sooner, yeah, I'd sooner back him each way than I would the new one, my 10 to yours. We'll, we'll send Harry back to the office with a betting slip and they can just confirm it to us. <laughs> on the line perfect. Today, so perfect, I do. Yeah, Lammy Surge, 7 to 1, best price for Betfair. Um, as I said, uh, Betfair Sportsbook also stand out on Super Sunday at 6 to 5, despite him being odds on in places. Vulnerable favourite or, or, or festival banker? think this is a rock rock solid favorite if i am going to put on a multiple um with favorites at aintree this would probably be the cornerstone of it um i just think two mile four round aintree is exactly uh, the trip and the track that super sunday wants um you know he obviously ran in the stayers hurdle um run at a farcically slow pace um finished very quickly finishing second um he's already shown he's got the speed for two miles he beat Fahin earlier, Leopardstown. Um, I was there that day. So he, he's versatile in terms of trip, but I think ultimately this intermediate trip will probably prove to be his best one. Um, if he turns up in that same form and he's having a great season, I, I just think he is he's better than everything else in this race. Um, you know, as you said, Betfair Sports with top prize on him at 6-5. to five. I, ju- I just think he's a rock-solid bet. I would not be surprised if he went off odds on. Um, of the others, um, you know... I think probably what either of the Nicky Henderson pair, my tent or yours, he's, he's obviously getting on a bit. Um, you know, he's been a brilliant horse for connections. Um, you can get some six to one on him each way, which is, which is a good prize. He's fresh, um, obviously missed Cheltenham. Um, and then Lammy Surge as well, as Andy just alluded to. Um, the race didn't really pan out in his favour at Cheltenham. Um, you know, at seven to one again with Betfair Sportsbook. Um, that's, that's also a good each way prize. So for the each way players, I probably recommend one of those but I, I do think this is a, a rock solid favourite um, who, who should really win Super Sunday finished only a length behind um, Yanworth in last year's uh, race obviously a different Yanworth to the one we saw at Cheltenham <coughs> um, and at 6-5 to five seems to be a popular one with Harry 
Um, I, again, will not bore you with my selection, but I'll probably be looking for the each way uh, like Andy. Um, On to the penultimate one we're going to cover in this podcast, and arguably the most interesting, I think, in the Melling chase. Min is seven... I mean, superbly here, giving company, Betfair Sportsbook, are basically stand down every single horse in this race, so I can just go through their prices. Um, Min, 7-4, Balco de Flo, 9-4, Politolog, 130, Cloudy Dream, top notch, both 7-1, Froden, 12-1, Lamy Surge, 16-1, they're all with Betfair Sportsbook. Le Prezien is also available at 16-1 as well, uh, 25-1, Bar, Andy, to you first, and two horses at the top who, who you... One was a success story and one was a hard luck story for you at Cheltenham. Barco de Flo, you were very, very keen on indeed, and I think you napped it to the listeners for the Cheltenham podcast. Min was the other one who it looked had finally defeated Altior, <laughs> only for Altior to, to prove his class um, in the champion chase. 7-4, 9-4, the Politolog, the 130, uh, third favourite. Where's your money going? Um, I've, I've had a couple of anti-post bets in the, in the knowledge that Altior wasn't going to run. Um, and I was hoping that Min wasn't going to run as well. Um, and certainly Balco de Flo has all of a sudden been parachuted into the race. And my two anti-post wages, Politologa and Cloudy Dream, I wouldn't say are looking worse for wear, but I I'm probably haven't beaten the book as, as well as I thought I might have done. Um, I'm, it's a better spectacle for it, though, I think. Yeah, almost. It's a dodgy one for me because I'm a massive fan of Balco de Flo. I mean, he had, I had one of my biggest bets at the Cheltenham Festival on him. Um, and I thought he toyed with Undersco in that race. He was always travelling better than him. Undersco had his perfect conditions on the day, an uncontested lead, two and a half miles, soft ground Cheltenham. Boca de Flo basically battered him. Yeah. Um, despite almost walking through the last, he was still too strong in every department. He was basically just cruising over him at the top of the hill, cruised by and going down the bottom of the hill, quickened away from him, left him for dead. He's a top-class horse, Balco de Flow. He always looked a proper piece of kit. And they've just taken a while to find the right distance for him. They've fallen into the category, because it's Gigginstown owned, of trying to make him a three-mile stroke Gold Cup horse. Uh, and even though he's run well over three miles, it hasn't quite worked. But two and a half miles is his trip. He's a deadly jumper. Um, David Russell, presumably right, he gets on fantastically well. They're a marriage made in heaven. And even though I'm a big fan of Min, I think Min will struggle to beat Balco de Flo over this trip um, that's of course if Min does run Politologue, he was a bit unlucky last year wasn't he when he fell in the novice race um, when he probably would have won, this is ideal for him flat track but fa- fair to say that you know, Min made a bit of benefit of, uh, of taking Altior than, than uh, Politologue did though absolutely, absolutely yeah, I, I think Min's a better horse than Politologue um, but this is two and a half miles uh, if it was two miles then that statement wouldn't last uh, see on the on the sort of betfair prices, there's a slight issue whether Min will end up running in this well, race. Well, yeah, I was about to say on the exchanges on, on betfair exchange, you can see that there's money queuing up at 3.5 um, on Barco de Flow, and they're both. Uh, if, you, if you if you can lay them at the prices now, obviously not that much liquidity there, but Barco de Flow and Min both uh, to lay at 3.15 with no money queuing up whatsoever on Min, which could suggest maybe that Min, mm. Min may not go there. Yeah, and I think. Look, if, if, if Min doesn't go there, I think that probably shows how badly Willie Mullins wants to win the Irish Trainers Championship as well. Because um, seemingly, obviously, the, the owner and trainer have got Duvan for the, the, the big race, and I can't see anything else for, for Min there between no. now and the end of the season. Um, so this probably looks the, the race for him based on that. Um, 
as you say, there's no money queuing up on the exchange to, to back me in at the moment. The, the rumour mill in the office suggests that he may run, but, you know, that's, that's not concrete um, by any means. Um, yeah, as you said, Betfair Sports, but look, the top price men, Balco de Flo, Politologue, um, all of them, in fact, pretty much, um, Bala Prezian. Um, I had a proper go, a proper go at Balco de Flo yesterday when I found out he was running in this race. <coughs> um, I was pretty keen to back him for either of the races he was going to end up in, but I'm, I'm really glad he's gone for this race because, um, as Andy said, this is, he's proven that this is his optimum trip and stepping up to three miles would be a step into the unknown. And, you know, that... That same sort of theory applies here, really, for, for, for Min and Politologue. Um, all of Politologue's best form has been at two miles. Um, every time he's gone over further, um, he hasn't quite run to that level. Um, you know, and, and he is a very good horse, but I, I think we've probably found Politologue's level at this stage, and I would fancy that Balco de Flo would, would beat Politologue. Um, Min, again, um, I would fear him greatly if he turned up. Um, obviously ran a very solid race in the champion chase. Um, he's a proper, you know, grade one animal. Um, He's stepping up in trip. Um, we know he's good over two miles. Is he as effective over two mile, two and a half miles? I, I, I don't know. Um, so, for me, back of the flow. Once a new was running here, um, he's a, a, a fairly confident selection. Did you back him win only or each way? Uh, win only. Oh. <laughs> So, if, yeah. if, if Min comes out, presumably you want to what the kind of seven or two forty one mark, uh, a bit shorter. What Balco de Flat? Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's nine to four. Nine nine to four nine, so, now, yeah. Yeah. yesterday. Yeah, he was yesterday. I got him back seven to two. Yeah. yeah, lovely. I think he was even like nine to two before that, yeah. but I missed some of that unfortunately. But oh. still seven to two. I'm, I'm happy enough with that. Very very nice indeed. And do we give any look at the kind of ones at double figure prices? Anyone? Any sleepers out there that we think could creep into it? Yeah, well, I mentioned at the top of the piece that I'd back two based on likely non-runners and the prices that were there at the time rather than oh yeah I'm, I'm, I fancy these for my life I ended up back in Politologue at 7-1 to one and, and Cloudy Dream at 7-1 to one. back in them both each way thinking well uh, there's a doubt about Altior I didn't think Balcala Flow at the time was going to run I thought he was going to run in the three mile race because yeah. there was good money for him there and he was jocked up to run there so that was my thought process and Cloudy Dream was the other one like I said chucked into the mix along with Politologue just on, on a pure price angle uh, yes, he's got plenty to farm with Balco de Flo on his Cheltenham form. Cheltenham's not really his track, albeit he's run well there. I think he's better at it on a flat track. He's run really well at Aintree three times. Second to Flying Angel in the novice race last year. Second to Definitely Red um, early on this season. And, and run up behind Smad Place, of course, in the, um, the oh, Old Roan, is it? The Old Roan chase early yeah. on in the year. Um, he, he doesn't really want heavy ground, albeit acts on it. So I think... Just nice, genuine, good, good to soft, or good to soft ground. Soft in places, ground to be fine. Brian Hughes gets on really well with him. He's a very consistent horse. Hardly ever been at the first two or three. Hence, I thought he, he was a nice each way price. So I, I've backed Paletta Logan, Cloudy Dream. But now, unfortunately, Balco de Flo is a runner. I, I think I'm probably going to be finishing second or third at best. Yeah, let's hope for the sake of this podcast and video that Min does run. Otherwise, this could be dated quite quickly but <laughs> hopefully we see that that match up which which would i think at the moment given the the current kind of chasing climate would be a uh, a serious serious race um maybe not on the same level as the the duvan out to your min treat we, we were in for but having seen the performance of balco de flow i think this would be a, a real uh, really kind of mouth-watering um tie to see on friday on to Saturday now, and as I said, there will be a separate uh, podcast and video coming up for the Grand National, uh, separate to this one, so look out for that. But we are going to have a quick look at the stairs, um, the Ryanair stairs hurdle, where we've got Sam Spinner, uh, who we've mentioned already in this podcast, and we'll talk about more now. 7-4, best price, favourite with Betfair Sportsbook. Um, this race has cut up massively in the last kind of few hours or so, as the, um, 
as, as the deck, well, not decks, but as the uh, so certain horses have been declared not to run. Uh, Holstone, 7-2. Uh, we've got um, The World's End, 7-1. Identity Thief, 12-1. Bill Rockefeller, 14s. Old Guard, 14s. Um, let's start on Sam Spinner. And I know, Andy, that you have some strong feelings about the ride that Joe Oliver gave, uh, gave Sam Spinner at Cheltenham. Well, Jed O'Keefe, obviously, you know, he's fully entitled to protect his own jockey. And I think half of it is it was understandable. You know, he's a, he's a young lad. It's one of the first times he's ridden around Cheltenham in such a high-profile race. But the basic bones of it all, uh, with regards to what Jed said, um, they, you know, they come up with some cock and bull story that, you know, he, he needed company in front. It's a nonsense. He just didn't go fast enough. And I think, true, if they actually put their hand on their heart, that is exactly what the facts of the matter are. It was the slowest run, furlong per furlong time, I've got the whole festival, which just shows you, you know, the slower than the Kim Muir, slower than all the handicaps. You don't... You, you don't finish in a heap as well. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you don't get that in a grade one race unless the tempo is wrong, and it was definitely wrong, which is a, a real oddity considering that the strongest stayer in the field, based on all knowledge going into it, was, was Sam Spinner. He was running really aggressively at Haydock when he took the running up over a mile and a half out and run him into the ground. He run the sting and the life out of, you know what I mean, Harry and Lammy Serge at Ascot. And yet they go to Cheltenham, the stiffest track in the country, and he's got them all stacked up at the bottom of the hill. Literally everything was on the bridle. There was about 20, 15 horses still in with a chance. So straight away, the alarm bells are ringing if you're back Sam Spinner. He's going to get swamped for, for foot. And that's exactly what happened. And he ended up finishing a gallant fifth, considering yeah. that it was basically a two, three furlong sprint. And if you notice all the horses that went by him, they all got... A lot of basic speed, obviously, Super Sunday, Penn Hill. Penhill, yeah. You know, Penn Hill's a mile and a half horse on yeah. the flat. Super Sunday's one over two miles. So I think from a pure piece of form, that the, the stairs hurdle's almost a, a scratch, a complete scratch, uh, and you've just got to take Sam Spinner for what he is. We know, given the Haydock form, on a flat left-handed track on soft ground, I wouldn't say he's unbeatable, but he, he, he definitely brings the best form into the table. And I'm hoping for the sake of Joe Oliver that he does get a chance to atone and, and get it right this time. Um, like I say, I'm not overly criticised. I didn't go away from it, you know, banging my head on the desk and, you know, just throwing my fists yeah, at the, yeah, at the screen. It, it was just what... You could see it was happening as, a, as the race was developing, but it's just one of those things, you know, you have to take it on the chin. You knew he was riding it beforehand and, um, you know, he's riding it again before Saturday. Um, so you've got to factor that in if you're thinking about taking six to four, but... I'll be amazed if they don't put their foot down a long, long way out this time and, and probably going out onto the second circuit, they'll really try and you know, make the others hurt this time. Evidently, I've got a glass chin compared to you, Andy, but, um, because I was absolutely devastated. Those people who did back Sam Spinner, one of the best, uh, one of the most supported horses on the odd checker site in the week ahead of Cheltenham who saw him uh, kind of not, not bomb out but, but not really justify that favouritism in the end. Maybe surprised to see that the, the price is around 6-4, 7-4, but is it fair to say, Harry, that... He's maybe been priced up for the line through that run, given given what happened and how it turned out. Yeah, and I, I, I could see him going off um, a fair amount shorter as well. I mean, you can you can almost you know draw a line through that run. Um, it just shows the the, the intense pressure and scrutiny. Um, and you know, he, mu- he must have heard a lot of the people talking beforehand, the jockey that you know is he's, he's going to go too quick, too quick, and in the end, he's ended up going um, you know a bit too slow. But I think, as Andy said. I don't. I cannot see that happening here. Um, you know, stamina is his his main asset, and you know they've got to use that to best effect, particularly around a flat track like this. Um, 
you know, I, 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 fancy, I fancy him to win this. Um, I don't know if I'll have a bet. Um, potentially at a bigger price each way. Old guard, um, you know, usually runs his race. He's sort of fairly solid or reliable. But I think in a true run race, Sam Spinner would be fairly difficult to beat. He's, he's the one that has been well supported so far. Um, I think he was around the 5-1 to one mark anti-post before a lot of the horses started coming out of this race. And again, as you alluded to at the beginning, the market's been all, all over the place really for this race. Um, horses sort of coming out or being diverted to other races, Super Sunday, etc., Yanworth. Um, but he's now seven to four. He's top price on the Betfair Sportsbook, and um, you know, providing they use his his stamina to um, the best effect, I, I think he'll he'll run a big race, and I think he'll be hard to beat. Um, Holstone has shown most of his best form around Cheltenham. Um, I, I think that that might be a bit over egged that whole thing because he generally has only really run at Cheltenham. <laughs> he's run a few times outside of that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that Sam Spin is the the one for me, um, providing there's a, a good, honest pace, which, you know, hopefully there should be because they'll be setting it. So, if I, I mean, just a, l- a last point in this race and before we move on, um, is there, I'm always concerned when you, when you take a horse like Sam Spinner, who, who won so convincingly previous to, to the festival, and when when it gets beat like that, is there maybe an issue of, of, of the bounce back and having to come back from, from that defeat and seeing the horses go past? I think, I think the thing that Joe's got in his favour this time around is that it's going to be a small field, and I think he'll have a target to aim at as well because Cool Cody, I think he's going to run in this race. And he's a renowned front runner as well. So they, the pressure's not on for them to try and make the running and get the tactics right from the front. They can afford perhaps to run in behind Cool yeah. Cody for the first mile, perhaps draw alongside him, go down the back, see him off, and then really um, draw the sting out the others. As Harry said, Holstone's all his best form, all his racing really has been taken part at Cheltenham. Um, but he, he's a player because you know he, he's an honest type and he stays well. I couldn't really fancy the Rule of the World because Sam Spinner beat Rule of the World at Cheltenham and everything went against Sam Spinner. There's going to be doubts about um, identity thief staying the trip. He, he's a blown up two miler, little Rockefeller. We we know he's admirable, but he's run for him anyway two relatively below par races on his last two runs. Yeah. We're pretty sure that Super Sunday won't run. The new one who's been quoted as well, he, he's likely to run in the two and a half miles. So you look at this race and think, well, either if you're a bad each way punter, what, where do you go? There's, there's hardly anything solid. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I, think, I think Harry's right. I, I think that's seven to four standout Betfair Sportsbook prize. I think this will be even money. Yeah. Because you, you'll, you'll find that will probably be about six or seven runners, maybe even not even that. It'll scare everything off. Everything will be in his favour and it'll win. I should just add, before we finish here, the World's End has been the one uh, that they've been back in each way against Sam Spinner. Really? Yeah, well, obviously with these horses defecting left, right and centre, he's 14-1 to one at one stage. Now Short's 4-1 four to, four to one with us. Won the Sefton last year, but it's probably fair to say he hasn't really progressed from there. Um, but yeah, he's, he's the one for money each way uh, against the favourite. So there you go. Um, it seems to me on the back of that podcast, if you're looking for a short price double or, or the favourite Sam Spinner and Super Sunday, all the S's certainly proving popular there. Balco the Flow, another one as well. Make sure you do listen to, if you enjoyed this, listen to the Grand National podcast as well, where these two guys will also be giving us their naps of the week.